what do you have to say to him? God who came here and wrapped himself first inside of a young girl's womb and then in the life of a helpless little infant. How do you thank God for Christmas? Why don't you do that right now? God, we have come to this place on this Sunday, special of all Sundays during the year, to thank you for something that no matter how hard we try to understand, our human, simple, finite minds just can't quite fully grasp it. But we'd like to try. And this morning I'm asking that now you would take our prepared hearts and our minds and you'd speak to us with new understanding so that when we leave here in a few minutes, we leave as different people because of Christmas. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to dismiss the children, the little ones up through grade four, to some wonderful teachers who are ready for them. And I want to congratulate all of you for your courage in coming out on such a spectacular morning. Now, we've all had the experience, I presume of sitting in an airport, anxiously awaiting the call that our flight is finally ready. Imagine, like these little ones are going, that we're all sitting in an airport. We all have our boarding pass in hand. And the call comes. And we're all going to get on the same airplane together. Where's it going? Heaven. I have no idea how long it'll take us to get there, but it'll be a great ride. And when that airplane or whatever we ride to get there finally lands, imagine uh, maybe it's the angel Gabriel who greets us. Welcome! And takes us into heaven. Now just let your mind go for a moment and look around heaven, what you imagine heaven to be. Millions of angels. Those of your family and friends who have preceded you. All the great Bible characters that you've read about since you were a child. Of course, you're anxious to see one person, aren't you? The risen Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine that as we gather around the throne, God says, I'd like to talk to you about Christmas. I'd like you to understand what was going on in my heart and my mind when I came up with the idea of Christmas. You know, it was my idea. Can you imagine he says that to us? Oh, and... Now, from my vantage point, he says, turn around and look back to where you came from. And he gives us the ability to see our little planet that comes closer and closer. We can look all the way here. And he says, now take a good look at your planet. What do you think? And he says, you know, that's not at all the way I made it to be. Oh, I I made it to be a place where people just loved living on planet Earth. I didn't make it so you'd have to put locks on your doors. I didn't make it so you'd have to have police and courtrooms and prisons. It's not at all what I designed it to be. Why Christmas? Because I care. And because your world is a mess. 
and you need my help. Christmas was the way that I could step into your messy world and help you understand how much I love you and how much I'd like to change it. Do you remember how I started the announcement of Christmas? <laughs> the angel proclaimed, Do not be afraid. Why did I start the Christmas announcement with that statement? Because you live as a human race in fear all the time. Think about it. Can you imagine God saying, you're always afraid of something? I didn't design it like that. So the announcement started with, I've come to tell you, you don't have to live afraid. Do you remember the angel said, I, I bring you good news. I told the angel to say that because you desperately need good news, don't you? Of great joy. Because I created the planet and you as a human race to be a joy-filled people. And can you hear God saying, and it grieves me that as I look at the way you live, so rarely do I find anyone who has any amount of joy. And I wasn't just thinking of a few folks. I told the angel to say it'll be good news of great joy that'll be for all people. You see, my heart, can you hear God saying it? My heart loves all people in all places. I so wish you'd learn that. Can you hear God saying that? And that you'd learn to love all people in all places, especially those who are different from you? That's kind of what I was thinking when I wrote the front of your worship folder for us this weekend. Because I wonder if God was really saying when that first Christmas happened, this is the focal point of human history. It's the fulcrum on which balances the entire human race. This is the defining moment in history separating despair from hope because it's the arrival of Jesus, Emmanuel. God with us. Can you hear God saying, I knew that your mind would be full of questions when the angel said that. Your first question would probably be, how? How is it possible? Because if it's going to be real, the joy of having God alive among us, speak God's love and truth to us, unleash his miraculous power among us, it must be available to all people, in all places, in all generations. So how could that be possible? I can imagine if we were standing there together, some of us would say, that's a very good question, God. How could something that happened 2,000 years ago have anything to do with us today? Can you see God smiling and saying, that's what I told the angel, tell him. A Savior has been born today. A Savior. The way that it can bring hope in your broken world is a Savior who comes to save you from the brokenness of your world. And not just any Savior. It's going to have to be a Savior who can keep saving year after year, decade after decade, century after century. So it has to be Jesus Christ, the Lord, God himself, come here. There's no other way. I wonder if as we're standing in heaven and this is happening, about that time Jesus himself stands up from his throne room with a big smile on his face. I wonder if he says, I remember that moment. 
when the father said to me, it's time. Go to Bethlehem. Be the savior of the broken world. I wonder if Jesus would then say, guess what, my friends from Williams Bay? It's not all about you. Oh yeah, Christmas is intended to to help you and bring hope to you. But first and foremost, I wonder if he would do this. It's for the glory of my Father. And he would point to God the Father. That's why the angel said, glory to God in the highest. Christmas is for us to celebrate him. Would you agree with that? We don't very often. But Christmas is a celebration of him. Glory to God in the highest. And then, peace on earth. It's for you. It's so that which you were born desperately yearning for, peace, can be experienced and lived and taught to your children and your grandchildren. I wonder if Jesus would say, since you're all here visiting us from Calvary, we've been watching. And you've been looking at an interesting picture on the screen the last many weeks. Now's the time for that picture to really become real. You got about seven or eight days left in 2013. Do you suppose Jesus might say to you and to me, my friends, I want you to spend the next seven or eight days reflecting on your life journey of 2013. The picture represents every single one of our individual trails, pathways. The footsteps remind you of how you have lived this year. Might Jesus say to you and me, spend some time in the next seven days before you step into the new year and reflect on the year that you have lived. Look back and ask yourself this question. What difference did Christmas really make in my year? What would be different in my 2013 if there had never been Christmas? Well, if there had never been Christmas, this building wouldn't be here, right? If there had never been Christmas, most of us wouldn't know each other. If there had never been Christmas, I wouldn't want to know any of you, and you wouldn't want to know me, because we'd be entirely different people, right? Right? So I want to invite you to do that. Join me in the next seven or eight days in reflecting on your 2013 and how often did you see the evidence that Christmas is real in your life journey this last year. Now, you know that I kind of think with symbols. It it helps me. So I've got three symbols this morning that help us think about Christmas. Is this the worldwide symbol for Christmas right here? Would you agree? No matter where you go in the world, does this mean Christmas? Yep, it does. So what does a Christmas present mean? Talk to me for a minute. What words come to your mind as soon as you see a Christmas present? Joy. Surprise. Love. Anticipation. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel, God with us. What is it all about? It's the ultimate gift. Would you agree? It's the ultimate gift. Now, 
I want you to ponder that as you watch this. Do you suppose, my friends, that as we would stand in God's presence talking about Christmas, he might say, it hurts me. It hurts me to see the pain of the world in which you live. And so that's why Christmas starts with a gift. The gift of love. Can you hear God saying, I came so you would understand love. For God so loved the world that he sent he gave his only son. Do you agree? Now this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loves us and sent his son. Would you agree that Christmas is God's idea? Love is his idea and he initiates it to us and I want to suggest that every time you look at a Christmas gift for the rest of your life, immediately coming into your mind is, God loves me in spite of me regardless of who I am and what I'm doing what my circumstances in life are God loves me enough to come here and live among us love is living Jesus alive you see God didn't just speak it from heaven hey human race I love you Emmanuel is God came here to live among us, to embrace us, to keep speaking his love into our life and to do something about it, to prove how much God loved us by going all the way to the cross. Do you agree? God wants us to know that there's no limit to his love. He wants us to know that his love is unconditional that we can't convince him to love us anymore and we can't somehow cause him to stop loving us. Now, we don't fully understand that, do we? Because there's none of us that has that kind of love inside of us for anybody else. There's none of us who's ever received that from any other human being. But I beg you this Christmas to allow your mind and your heart to be convinced that it's true, that love is God's idea, that he insists on sending it to you and to me through the person of Jesus Christ and that as you and I receive it as we believe that it's true and as we receive this infusion of God's love into our life as we build a relationship with Jesus Christ guess what it changes us right do you remember as Jesus is sitting around the table with his close friends hours before he goes to the cross instead of wringing his hands he's saying to them as I have loved you now you love others it's going to be very different but as you love other people the way I have loved you people will step back and scratch their heads and say there is no other explanation they must be Jesus people they must be people who have experienced a love touch from God through Jesus. And they've allowed God to change their lives. It's life-changing. Do you agree? That means that as you and I look back over our 2013 footprints, 
we ought to be able to ask ourselves the question, how many times do we see the evidence for each of us that the kind of love that reached out from us to somebody else is only explainable as Emmanuel, God with us, the Holy Spirit of God in us, so changing us that we are loving people that you normally wouldn't want to spend any time with. But you know God loves them. And as God is pouring his love into you, you're pouring it out to them. Is that an evidence that you understand the ultimate gift of Christmas? And you're living it? And that's why I wrote for you, dear friends, in the notes that I've prepared for you, the gift of love is powerfully life-changing. Our priorities, our use of time, our source of joy, the spending of our finances, our legacy is ultimately a reflection of our love. Is it Emmanuel's love flowing to us and through us? But it required Jesus leaving perfect heaven, coming to us for the purpose of accomplishing the ultimate expression of God's love for humanity. Holy God loving a broken, sin-filled world enough to live here in our slum with us. Bringing God's hope to us, all of us, each of us, every generation, every place, right? Now the way that happens today, you and me, is wherever we're living all around the world, God is there. If you have trusted Jesus Christ to be your Savior and you're living out Christmas in that place. Now, the second thing I can imagine God saying to us, okay, so you get that? Love. Christmas is all about love. I'm the one who defined it. I came to live among you so that you could experience it, so it could change your life, so you could love others. My love pouring through you. Second thing, have you noticed, folks from Williams Bay? You're a very confused human race. I didn't make it like that. I made it pretty simple, really. For you to know me, for me to know you, truth was unquestionable. There was no darkness, no deceit, no lies. Boy, have you made a mess of it. So the second reason that I came, Emmanuel, God with us, is to be the light, truth, hope, thus the lighthouse. But a lighthouse without a light doesn't really work, does it? So Pastor Mark figured out a way to turn on the light. Have you and I figured out a way to let the light of Jesus penetrate our lives enough that we bring the light of God's truth into our very confused world. Do you remember that Jesus said something about that? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Remember? Well, think about that for a minute. How should Emmanuel, God with us, be changing our world when it comes to right and wrong, truth and deceit. Have you noticed that in our world, there has been this tendency, and it's still working today, to shift truth just a little bit. You get comfortable with that, then just a little bit more, till you get comfortable with that, then, and pretty soon we're a long ways away from what is right and true. Isn't that true? So how does God change that? God changes that by changing us. A people who will not settle for anything less than recognizing that Jesus is the hope because he understands the world in which we live. Right? There's nothing that's going on in anybody's life that is confusing to God. Isn't that true? Jesus is the answer because he defined truth. Therefore, any question you or I could ever think of asking 
Not only does he understand it, but he's got the answer for it. Right? Can you grasp the truth of that? He's also the help that all of us need, and he's available to us. That's why he came here, Emmanuel, to prove to us that God is not this faraway imaginary idea. God is real and alive, a person, a being, who created it all, has watched it all unravel, and came here to set it right. Do you agree? And so I wrote for you there in your notes. Life is conceived and birthed and lived and passes into eternity on the foundation of unchanging God truth. The truth about where you came from, how you were conceived, when life began for you in your mother's womb, God defines that. The truth about the day that you will finally end your existence here on earth and what happens next, God defined that. The truth of what keeps you alive every single day, God defines that, right? So what forms and feeds the foundation truth of my life? How is the truth foundation of my life making a difference in our world? I'm hoping you'll take this little piece of paper and in the next seven days, spend some serious time reading through it and asking yourself the really important question. I think there's one other really big reason Emmanuel came here. The things of our world that hold you and me in the shackles. So as you look back over the footprints of your 2013, how many times does a footprint show you an angry moment and the chain of anger grabbed you? How many times will you see a footprint where truth needed to be spoken, but you wavered? Deceit. How many times when you see a footprint that reflects a moment where you lusted, you were jealous, you were unforgiving. In all of our lives, there are the things, aren't there, that shackle us and suck the life right out of us. God came here in the person of Emmanuel to take care of this problem. It's really heavy, so I'm going to set it down. Do you remember that every demonic force that he encountered, Jesus bound it and cast it out? He is supremely superior. There is nothing in your life or mine or in our world that God is not powerful enough to handle. Do you agree with that? So when you look back over your 2013, I hope you see times in your life where the power of God was unleashed and helped you and broke the shackles of things that hold you. But be honest enough when you look back over 2013 to see where there are times when you needed that help, but you turned away with a sense of, I can do it on my own. I can handle this little problem. I won't let it get out of control. And now, months later, it almost consumes you. Don't let that happen again in 2014. I wonder if you would agree that Jesus came, Emmanuel, not only to unshackle us, but understand that it required him becoming Savior. Savior through his own personal sacrifice having to go all the way to the cross, rise from the tomb in order to be Savior for you and me, right? 
to not only rescue us, but assure us of an eternal life because he holds the key. Which is why one of the verses that I have there for you is John 6. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Whoever looks to the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The living key to eternal life. So this Christmas, I I wonder if God would say to us if we were all standing with him, so do you understand? Emmanuel came so you could experience true love. Let it change you and be the flow of God's love to a broken world. Because have you noticed? Your world is love-starved. Emmanuel came so that truth could penetrate its light into your confused, deceitful, lying, disoriented world. Have you noticed? Your world is truth-starved. Emmanuel came so that the power of God could be unleashed in any life to set you free. Have you noticed? You live in bondage, and I didn't design it that way. And have you noticed that as those three things start setting you free and changing your life, then you can become really valuable in the world among the billions of people who have never experienced the love of God, who don't know God's truth, and who are living in the shackles. And so I wrote for you, Jesus, the living joy of Christmas, becomes the purpose of Christmas when he accomplishes his God-given mission, rescue of a death row human race. Through his atonement death on the cross, his victorious resurrection, his return to heaven to reign supreme and sovereign, interceding and reconciling repentant sinners to a holy God. Jesus, Emmanuel, becomes the Savior of anyone. Amen? Christmas propels us into a new year, 2014. God calls us to understand how much we are loved and how much he longs to love the world through us. How much he longs for his truth to penetrate us so that we can be truth communicators in our world. How much he longs for us to be set fully free from anything and everything in our lives so we can be the freedom communicators to our world. So my invitation to you and to me, let's make 2014 really count by making sure that we live out the truth and the power of Christmas every single day, the way God designed it. And what does that look like when somebody does that? Well, a few years ago, there was an African student studying at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. He has gone back to Africa as Pastor Micah Rothumio. And a couple years ago, we took our 90th anniversary offering and we sent it to him. We didn't keep one penny for ourselves. Here's a couple fresh pictures of what it looks like in Africa. There is now the church building that they have built on the campus of McCrary University. And you'll see a couple more that are on the inside. They're still growing it and building it. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? One man who says, I can make a difference in Kampala, Uganda with the help of Jesus and the help of a whole bunch of other people who know Jesus who want to bring the light of God's hope and truth into Uganda. Want to bring the love. You see, it's surrounded by a slum on the back. You see that? Bring the love of Jesus into a slum area. That's what John and Helen are doing in Honduras, and we so praise God for you guys, to bring in the love of Jesus to the Honduran people, the truth of Jesus into a confused, broken society, the powerful, chain-breaking power of Jesus. 
We hope that while you're home these few last couple of weeks, you get refreshed and refueled, John and Helen, so when we send you back there, we will hear the stories of what God has done, starting with giving you the ability to learn Spanish in nine weeks. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I hope you're going to join us when we hear John and Helen's report in a couple of weeks. Uh, next Sunday night, right? Let's talk to Jesus about this. Why don't you thank him for Christmas? Why don't you thank him that he's given you the opportunity to experience the unconditional love of God? And ask yourself, have you? Do you regularly? Or do you for some reason resist God's love? And is he delighted that he is able to spread his love out from you to our broken world? Or is that still a struggle for you? Why don't you ask him to clear the channel? How about truth? Why don't you thank him for his truth? That it's so readily available to you in his word. And if you're struggling with God's truth, when it comes face to face with some public opinion, why don't you ask him to help you with that? Why don't you thank him for his power unleashed in your life, chain-breaking power. Thank him for setting you free from the things that have held you in the past. And if you're struggling with something, why don't you invite him to show you why it's a struggle? And invite him to do that unleashing powerful work in your life to finally set you free. Now, Lord Jesus... We want to worship you together.